I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 244 with Vinay Aurora. We'll be talking about dreams and streams and everything else that synchronistically lines up with that. Welcome and well met once again, Vinay. So nice to be back on with you guys. Always a pleasure. If you slip on that mask, I'm not offended. Raphael's wearing a kimono. So the mask just, will come back on. <laughs> that's that's like Jim Carrey's epitaph. <laughs> Or something. But uh, yeah, this is a 244 episode. Um, it reduces uh, to 10, which in this case is 1, which is the Magician card. Uh, in this deck, the Starman, it is the Starman. There he is. Uh, David Bowie kind of alchemist thing. It says, I will blow your mind. The Starman or the alchemist manifest your reality. Ideas are communicated and brought into the physical world with ease. You have everything you need to create the world you desire reconfigure yourself in liberating expressive and complex ways and that is some aquarian liberating expressive complex stuff uh rafael what is the angel we got the angel number 58 of mental force belonging to the archangels this angel helps you attain the grace of god dominates kindness and reconciliation influences the words given to others and agreements made in earnest and facilitates easy financial gains for innocent people. Oh, well, that's something, right? The affirmation <laughs> goes, I will do more with time and patience, learning to take it easy and not always trying to rush things. Angel qualities include frankness, bravery, and here, very boldly, it also says neurotechnology. You'll tell us all about it. So, Vinay, between the Magician card and that angel, is anything jumping out synchronistically for you? Oh, that was pretty interesting. I feel like sort of what the angel card gave me, like, feelings of the fool. <laughs> like, sort of just wandering and using the tools that are around you to sculpt your reality instead of like worrying about what you have or don't have. I guess it's a very chaos magic approach to working like with hack the system. Yeah. You're just going to deal with what you have, which that specific was that card 58 of yeah. Mental force, mental force. So I guess that's pretty interesting. It definitely is something like the, it feels like the fool, the description a bit, which is always fun to be the fool. Yeah, certainly with the innocence aspect. And Jim, the one you drew was the magician, no? So we got the zero and the one. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, in yeah. between. And uh, yeah, and it was talking about mental force. I mean, that is the point of the magician, you know, will under the law or whatever Crowley's thing is. I don't, I'm not a Crowleyan, but uh, 
I mean, the whole point of Gandalf or Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda, whoever's like they're, they're making choices and using their will to direct their Tao or whatever. So Vinay, it's been a hot fucking minute. Uh, I, I'm sure I've, between me having COVID, what I thought was COVID, and March and other, Thank you. you know, yeah, I, I, I edited that for you, Raphael. Um, <laughs> uh, between all my issues, I'm sure we've scheduled you and I've, I've been like, oops, I got shit coming up. We'll reschedule. So we've made it happen. Um, it's a lazy kind of day in August, these serious days, S-I-R-I-U-S, days, dog days of August. Um, so how are you, first of all? It's been a fucking while. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like observing the world and kind of wondering what the fuck is going on. Oh, can we cuss on here? You can say whatever you want. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, sorry. Raphael has just, he's a Libra. He doesn't want to say Shaisa on the title <laughs> of the episode or whatever. I'll try and keep it to a minimum, but. That's whatever I cuss all the time. Sometimes when you talk about the world. There's certain words that are very appropriate. <laughs> well, we could kind of start macro and go micro or start with you. Like how, I mean, you're still in Georgia. You said it's Savannah, so coastal Georgia. Uh, yeah. I'm how are you up. feeling? I mean, you're I'm alive still, clearly. I've been having fun. I've been doing a lot of like, I've been going to a bunch of these crystal bowl meditations that have been seriously interesting. I feel like at the beginning, they were more profound. But over time now, they're just relaxing. Um, Have you not done sonic healing like that before? I mean, that's a very new age stuff. Regularly, and also, I feel like where I'm going, it's just like a really nice acoustics in there. Um, Because I've gone to a couple on the beach where it was fun and it was very nice to be on the beach, but the balls were very muted. And you didn't get that full body experience where you're like, you can feel your, you know, you can feel the sounds on most of your epidermis, like all the way down to your feet, even. Uh, I feel like that involved, like that gets a lot of parts of your brain really going as like, yeah, yeah. you have like all this synchronistic stuff going on in your body while you're listening to the bowls, which is pretty interesting in itself just as like a physical phenomenon i'm a big fan of chakra chanting for this very reason i mean i I used to guide people i don't do it as much now i need to in fact i might even eat some mushrooms after this episode and chakra chant the night away but um you become this resonant cavity like a cathedral and it's it's a very different kind of phenomenological situation than i mean as quaint as like you know beach soundscape like what you're saying is like if the audio is not right is too strong a word because it's not like about that but if certain circumstances aren't conducive to the acoustics the sonic experiment experience is limited uh and these things are supposed to saturate you um you know that's kind of maybe some of the structural engineering behind uh i forget where it is maybe it's in greece or something crete but my fiance was saying that there's this uh building that's like tuned to 432 hertz or something like that so if you go in there and like hum it's like all of a sudden you know raises your vibes or whatever anyway my point is the beach scene is relaxing and kind of engrossed in nature mother gaia as that is or whatever um sometimes the magician card lends itself to the laboratory it's like we need this sterile environment with controls it's gonna do certain things uh you know um so i i feel you how long um and i do understand the kind of like uh 
response ratio diminishes over time. It's like anything, you know, it's like, oh my God, this is new and novel. And then you're like, well, now it's just a nice part of my day or whatever. So um, singing bowls are these like like glass, like Tibetan quartz or whatever they do these days? Um, they've got the quartz ones the, to the one I go to, which um, I've heard both. I feel like the quartz ones do some, well, I mean, I don't know if I, I haven't heard really large uh brass ones but the big quartz ones the really crazy low frequencies are super wild <laughs> Raphael, have you had experience i've never been sound bathed with crystal bowls maybe once in some memory i'm forgetting but it's like this considering how into music and new age psychedelia and stuff i am i'm surprised it's not like i I think one time I was going to get a debt set and it was like hundred of dollars. And I was like, no, nah, I'll just get tarot cards or some hits of acid or whatever. So Raphael, what's your experience? It's if anyway, certainly with this a cheaper initial investment. So I'm pretty sure I experienced them somewhere, somehow, maybe even in the U S um, I just know that there's all these kinds of special bowls like Jupiter one or gongs even actually. So there's of course, I've all seen kinds the of, tuned gongs. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Symbologies. Then of course there is Jonathan Goldman, whom he, he, we had on who had his own, has his own set of all of these forks and so on. So I haven't really played around with it too much. Maybe for similar reasonings, ultimately than you that the way of least resistance, you know, put itself elsewhere. But on some level, I'm very much aware, you know, it's basically, you know, sound and light. You can do a lot and enter all kinds of states uh, with those simple tools. I don't know if you're familiar with Jonathan Goldman, like he's saying, he's been on the podcast. But if you ever go to YouTube, type in like Chakra Chance 2, it should come up with that. It's like an album. And um, sober or on drugs, this stuff is really powerful stuff. Um I'd suggest trying it out yourself, Vinay. You're an experimental type dude. So, give it a whirl. But, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, you've been doing the singing bowls. We could talk about this all day if you want. Um, I, but I'm, what else? Have you been doing music? Have been, it seems like you're getting out and about. Uh, you're not just like locked in, right? Uh, I've been going out. I didn't, I feel like the town I am, I am in is pretty small. So, they didn't get um, too. It's not militant. It's no, not no, no. Yeah. Things New are still going on. Gotcha. Um, there's an open mic I love going to to just hang out with people that seem to it got slower but it didn't <laughs> it didn't stop <laughs> that's what's up so in the green room I had been t we, had, we were just shooting the shit a little and um, I had said that I got into Deep Space Nine and you said that you like that I wanted to just clarify one point we don't have to talk about Star Trek but while it's on my mind before I forget it forever Star Trek and this hopefully doesn't offend anybody uh the least of all y'all, I, I bet. Star Trek: The Original sucks. Uh, it's whatever. I mean, you, like, I'm sure the first piano wasn't awesome, or you know, it's like there's some like, okay stuff in it, but sure, sure, sure. I think so, it just like, looks so old from current. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's dated. It's heavy. And even yeah. in Deep Space Nine, there's an episode where they make fun of the Klingons because back then they looked pretty much human, but like in like dark makeup, like almost like space pirates, and they're like. It's tricky. There's this one episode in Deep Space Nine where they're basically referencing back then. They're like, and Worf is like, we do not talk about that part of our history. It's, it's like almost <laughs> like an inside joke, but it's like weird. Anyway, um, so Star Trek, the original, set the standard. I mean, I get what it, it's like for what it is, revolutionary at the time, cool, pushing people's minds. I mean, for back then, that is very Age of Aquarius kind of stuff, right? You know, to boldly go and explore and, you know, not nanu nanu. I was going to say live long and prosper. And all that. I think um, 
next generation was basically a reiteration of that through the technology and cinema and kind of acting of a modern era right so it's pretty much the same thing but a little vamped up um, yeah so like horse cart and then you got like a motorized host cart or whatever so it's like either way and then when you get to deep space nine it feels like they it's almost like they got a team where they're like look we want to make something accessible like X-Files or Ally McBeal or something like that for Trekkies too. So it's got this very, it's almost like a, it just has a higher <laughs> caliber to it and the characterization, um, the storylines are more intertwined and, and relevant to each other and uh, stacked. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm uh, at the end of, I've been binging it for a while. Season six, there's only seven episodes or seasons. So I'm almost done with it, but, I have thought it's amazing. I may or may not watch Discovery and other stuff after that. I'm kind of like been watching Star Trek for, you know, six months now. I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, but anyway, are you, are <laughs> you more into Star Wars? I feel like super <laughs> self-conscious. I have like a semi-Star Trek look. You do. You do. <laughs> it's great. It's you just a like regular a... shirt, I swear. <laughs> Epic. No, you're the <laughs> commander, clearly. You're in the swivel chair. All this, so I mean, uh, we don't have to talk about Star Trek or stuff. Are you more into Star Wars? Uh, forever, I was like, Star Wars is the shit, and Star Trek is for geeks who can't hack it. Like, I want space drama and magic and Jedi. Oh and man, that's like... like a huge sci-fi conversation that we can totally get into. We might. I really like Arthur C. Clarke and super hard science fiction. So, like, both of them to me are like very friendly versions of science fiction. Yes. Arthur that, C. Clarke like, is much scarier. There was one, I forget, you know the book, it's like, um, it's got the title Children in it, I forget what it's called, but there was a, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, like, space demons are involved, or whatever's happening. It looks like space demons. I think there was a made-for-TV show thing about it the other day. I'm totally spacing on what it is. But I read 2001 A Space Odyssey before I watched the Kubrick film, so I'm very, I'm, and I wasn't an atheist, but I was like, if I'm an agnostic atheist, that's the way I'm going. Like, that's how it is, but I'm not, so I didn't. But, yeah, uh, what about – I'm going to look up uh, – it's, like, not Children of Man. I'm going to look this up. Um, I'm trying oh, to remember. It's, like <sighs> – Lost Children or something like that. I'm going to look this up. Multitask. Anyway, um, tell me – we could just talk about science fiction for a while because that might get it to Philip K. Dick and what do electric – you know, do machines dream of electric sheep and dreams and stuff like that. But – uh, what's your awareness of science fiction, I guess? Because, yeah, right now I'm just like, oh, shit, Star Trek. I'm in that mode. So we could geek out on that arena of life if you want. I'm like a huge science fiction nerd. I feel like that got me into the occult in some ways. Um, I feel like there's a lot of really fascinating science fiction. Childhood's audience. End is what it's called. Yes, that's yeah, great. Heavy man. shit, heavy shit. It's super dark. When you're at the end of it, you're like, you don't feel good after you finish that. <laughs> it's just kind of like the somber view of the future. Yeah, in a sense, like the end of our innocence, hence childhood's end. It's like, oh, humans, you kind of fucked up, and the ones that aren't going to get on board, we're going to leave you behind, basically. Or, or something like that. I forget the exact nature of it. It was actually, there's a Nicolas Cage movie called, uh, oh, I forget what it's called now. But it was similar, and it was about angels and, like, apocalyptic kind of solar flare shit. Um, oh, yeah. It was weird. But similar to Childhood's End, where it's like, well, this is – you guys didn't graduate. It's like, what happens if you don't make the cut evolutionarily kind of vibes? 
I feel like we 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 have no choice. We will make the cut. <laughs> That's what the portal gods say. I think they've always said that to us, though. I mean, like, looking at the mythology that's been passed down, although it has very, like, dark themes, and it it revolves around, you know, a lot of them even revolve around, like, cataclysms and stuff. Um, apparent, you know, there's, like, the stories of, like, the Zodiac came after the last great cataclysm, uh, Zodiac and the Tarot or like sort of developed after that to pass down. But that could just be like the weird history of these things where like the history of tarot, I don't know if you, I mean, you guys have both looked into it. I mean, is it the walls of Thoth's fucking building? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, it's such adjusters. a vague thing where you're like, what is the truth behind this? The imagery speaks for itself though. I mean, it's not something where the, does the, I mean, the history plays a part in it. But as like someone who views the cards, like especially a card like that's made now, like a modern card that maybe your friend made using imagery that for them is relevant. Well, the weird thing about Tarot is like it seems like it's like a technology that predates the art we're used to, but the writer Waite Smith deck, um, which is what we're mostly accustomed to culturally, was only a hundred or so years ago. And yet, when people say tarot cards, they're thinking of that very specific imagery. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, tarot is one of those things where I'm like, oh, we're just cutting up a comic book and projecting our consciousness on it, just like anything. Um, whether it's a Star Trek episode or an Arthur C. Clarke short story, um, it seems to be, a, you know, in a Marshall McLuhan sense, like we're tool, we're making tools and they're informing us, and then we're making new tools. Is this kind of orboral feedback loop, very much like the magician's belt, I guess you could say. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's just this weird thing. I don't, I'm not like such a historical nerd, like the depths of my historical awareness of Tarot are limited to uh, a very good three and a half hour documentary on YouTube called 21 faces of God, in which the first 45 minutes are kind of like, what is this? How do we get it? Like this Italian thing, maybe Chinese were doing similar stuff, whatever. And then it kicks yeah. the right away archetypalism. Anyway, I'm rambling. Raphael thoughts. Well, so there is a few stories or a few storylines. One that I know is by Marcus Katz in Terosophy. Quite interesting book, also connecting it. How can you read? How can you learn some basic, almost like channeling techniques? Or he likes to call it NLP as well. But great book. But he himself, he says, no, the tarot certainly isn't very old, which I individually don't necessarily subscribe to. And then the only other source I have is in Ra's Law of One, which we had also spoken about last show. They actually mentioned that these pictures existed. Yeah, and now it's with all the reset research, it gets hard. You know, what is ancient Egypt? Nobody really knows. Um, but this, these are older pictures and that actually the astrological aspects were added on later, which I find uh, quite interesting. So that first it was just imagery and then the astrological attributions, they came on later. And they also mentioned in that book that at least the archetypes themselves without, you know, the, the pictures necessarily, are actually almost like shards of consciousness, which again in their storyline of Law of One were actually, let's say, given uh, piece by piece or certain ones were available and also actually the Fool card, which also you had just mentioned, or the ultimate free will choice was only had it handed down 
ultimately after quite some time meaning that the one created you know all all its aspects and the sub logoi which would be like our sun or this system and so on but what they didn't allow let's say the smallest individuals or incarnates like us to inherit immediately was the idea of true free will choice and the true free will choice was introduced later on which also included the choice for individuals actually polarizing negatively so within that storyline there was quite some time in human or in in not human but history overall where the choice to act negatively wasn't even available in a sense which i find quite fascinating and aside from that where does it really come from or something you know my guess is as good as yours i guess So something that when we had scheduled this, you wanted to talk about was dreams. What inspired that in your mind? And then you said you had some crazy ass dream you wanted to talk about. So I'm curious about that. Unless there's anything you wanted to talk about, what address what we just said. Otherwise, why dreams? And what well, was your we, dream? We I can't leave off of what he said yeah, on no, free will no. versus choice because I've I feel never like- heard that. By the way, the, like at some point, humans were basically just like North Korea of evolution, and it didn't matter. Not what necessarily, we did, not necessarily humans, but that just overall <laughs> there was a choice in consciousness, or this again, just the way it's described in Law of One. No idea if that's correct or not, but I just found the thought experiment interesting. That even the one creator would not immediately get the idea that yes, I want Don't to allow people to <laughs> to polarize negatively and allow for all of that, you know, mayhem, destruction, control, and abuse. I just find it an interesting idea and also that they mentioned in terms of archetypes that certain archetypes were introduced over time so almost like the palette of consciousness was increased over time it's just an interesting thought experiment you know no clue whether that's correct and how that could be relevant you know a linear story within a non-linear system you know <laughs> everyone got to make up their own mind but Vinay what do you have to say about it oh man that made me think of like 30 different things but I really made So I've been wondering this idea of like, collectively we create reality. So the media tools that we've had in the past were very simplistic where very few people were the ones that were giving out messages, you know, broadcasters, media, newspapers, the traditional media. Very minimal. So, So... If we're a collective consciousness, then I feel like people used to perceive the past as more stable. And I'm wondering sometimes if it was more stable or is that that was the collective consciousness in a more stabilized form because it was a more rigid structure behind the information that most people were viewing. Right. So even kind of talking about where if I, I mean, tying these two ideas together um, and whether it was human consciousness or not, it seems like the palette of experience was limited. So therefore the color derivatives are only so many, but once you start getting into like many pixelation colors, free will, um, you get a much more chaotic tapestry potential. Um, a less stable reality basically because i mean like these days i mean we were just talking about this was like you know aliens being real like in the past five ten years you know alien invasions anything like that like that's way more plausible and on the collective agenda's mind than 
before. Um, I mean, that alone, them admitting to any extent that there's stuff that they can't explain publicly. I love how Daft Punk used that in contact, right? Where I don't know if you were like random access memories, but there's like basically just like, ah, it's like just audio of basically, you know, whatever Air Force people being like, what the fuck is that? It's like I see it. It's doing shit I shouldn't do. It doesn't say it like that. It's very professional. But basically, it's like off the port side. I'm seeing this thing. There's no way. You know what is that? I can't tell. But it's out there. And that's like the point. It's like it's out there. What do we make of it? Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. The the stability of reality seems to at least post 2012 in a McKenna sense be. Uh. You know. It's like almost like Inception. For a long time, the gravity of the dynamics was holding it up, but now it's starting to wobble. <laughs> Uh, a little and we're all like what is real what is happening here i mean at least in terms of history I, the color palette analogy goes pretty nicely because if i only paint with black and white you know my reality is very simple i know who the enemy is i know who my friends are i know what to believe exactly and even if you were just to add you know some hues between black and white or even some color the image becomes incredibly more you know rich and complex and I mean, I like the idea also, of course, we create the past from our present. So, you know, it's all quite relative. At the same time, it's also very obvious to me that there have been forces, even in a way for our, the protection of our own fragile psyches, maybe, that deliberately painted the very, let's say, overly simplistic picture of history and so on, and quite a lot of things that don't make sense. Maybe because of whatever reasons we were not able or meant to handle it at that point, but now certainly you know, fields are opening up both in terms of what really happened in history, what kind of, you know, resets, catastrophes, backroom dealings, and at the same time, of course, with the whole alien thing. I'd be curious, though, um, how how you perceive that or even overall with the current scenario with, you know, lockdowns or whatever, fear-mongering from all kinds of sides, how do you see consciousness pressurizing? Because I would say it's certainly an increase in the intensity, you know, of of experience and also potentially, you know, polarization and catalyst in terms of people more being driven to have to make up their own minds and really make a choice for themselves. I think he's asking you, Vinay, because I have <laughs> I, I don't know. That was, a, that was a layer of questions. Um, we booby-trapped you. Like with, with people being catalyzed, I feel like we could talk about a lot of things, but if we were to talk about something really important, I think that is super, like, there's something going on, it appears, you know, this could just be me looking through social media, which is highly engineered, all of it, it's like crazy engineered, where I I think we're all very naive as to some of the thought put in to what goes on behind the scenes. Um, there's a like, um, documentary on Netflix about that I forget what it's called the social, the social media, media yeah 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 that was pretty interesting um, I mean you feel like even like I don't I don't know if you knew about like Project Lifelog and Facebook oh yeah sure so, Tell so Project Lifelog was a DARPA project that ended I forgot. I think it's 2014 or, you know, it's, I don't remember the exact date. We can look it up though. Cause you can verify this. Cause I have looked it up as a joke 
and we've kind of just laughed at, haha, this is interesting. So Project LifeLog was a pro it was the intent was to create basically a social media network to track everybody's contacts, friends, history, and location. Um and it ended like the you're gonna check in, in and we're gonna know what you're doing because of your social interactions on a, I'm just looking at I mean I'm, I Google this it says why did DARPA cancel LifeLog on the same day Facebook was launched that is the super the same day Facebook is launched super just like you're like wonder about you know we're we're here to talk about synchronicities and coincidence too and I love I feel like um you know, when you discuss the occult, um, a lot of people into occult like to um, kind of play down conspiracy, but literally the word occult refers to sort of hidden information as, as, as it is, you know. And so to discount people who question things, I think is very interesting because it I feel like even the the act of questioning reality and stuff is a very occult action. And you can consider people who do that into conspiracy. But if you look at it from like a mental perspective, it's more people who are like probing the edges of thought and what is acceptable. To boldly go where no... Thinking oh, there we go. You think this is Star Trek. No, I won't take us back there. No, um, no, we can totally go back there. I love that. That's hilarious. Facebook, I had a friend. Face login thing? Oh, well, finish your thought. I don't want to cut you off. Because uh, the, the level of synchronicity here, where it's like, holy shit, that's bizarre. I've never even heard about this. Well, but reminds me a little of like. Dom what is your honest thought stuff. about this happening on the same day? Not having heard of this oh, before. Oh, no, but I'm like, oh, this is definitely more of a CIA thing than I realized or DARPA thing. It's like, shit. <laughs> I mean, I just got an, I remember getting, I mean, I came on Facebook in 2005 because my ex-girlfriend was like, I have a .edu uh, email and I can get in and you're cool. Come on here or whatever the fuck happened. Because I wasn't in school. I was like, what is this? And then basically ever since then, I just thought it was cool, like a cooler MySpace or whatever. It's very logical to me. I mean, in a digital age, making the water hole a little different, like it, it, in some ways it's not nefarious to me, right? Where it's like, just like, I don't know, communication technology is very logical. It's like, of course, we're going to try to speak to people through various technological methods as we develop socially and technologically. But I guess what starts happening is um, uh, catalyzation of viewpoints that aren't authentic how do I even put this? There's a dark, um, what's that show uh, that used to be on? That's like, it was like a dark ass Twilight Zone. Um, Black Mirror. Yeah. And there's this one episode where this guy is like raging against the system. They're all inside these cubicles and they're working out. And it's like, if you get enough social credits, you can go on either like a sex game show or American Idol or whatever it was. There's just this weird situation, right? Kind of like a thought experiment. And this guy was this African American, or he's not African American because he's British. So I guess African British. I'm not sure how that's even coined, but um, this black dude is like, he has feelings for this girl who's now subjugated herself to the system. So he's like making it a political thing and he's going to kill himself or kill somebody. And then they're like, that's novel. Let's capture that lightning in a bottle. And now he has a program to perpetuate that. See what I mean? So it's like taking real shit and then being like, commodify that. I think that might be as dark as I thought Facebook was, where it's just like, it can be an echo chamber 
of commodified thought. So it's like you're going to find people you want to talk with about the things you enjoy, and then that can become a kind of a an echo chamber. But the fact that I guess um, it's saying that DARPA had a a parallel thought that like you know it's like oh now you see me now I'm in this hand or whatever kind of what's yeah out. totally. Uh, it, what I was saying earlier is it reminds me a little of the synchronicity, although I'm not like a historian um, with nine eleven, where I guess on nine ten. Um, Donald Rumsfeld was kind of debriefing people about the Pentagon having lost trillions of dollars yeah, or whatever. And it's like, you know, black budget kind of stuff or whatever. And then the next day it's like, just focus over here, guys. You know, it's like, so it's weird synchronicities there. Anyway, um, Facebook has been good to me in a lot of ways. That's how I've traveled the world, made money, met my fiance in a sense, stuff like that. Met you guys largely. I remember being on acid when Raphael hit me up. Because I had posted on Facebook about my DMT trip, and I straight up thought he was like an operative. I was like, because I was tripping, and I was like, "Who is this European hitting me up?" <laughs> I am, <laughs> I am just just from a different faction than what you thought. That's the only difference. He's he's the White Dragon Council or something. All uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, Facebook is almost like an attempt, I guess, at. Uh, making um, algorithms for social progress. I mean, at best, it's like we do this shit anyway. Progress. There's <laughs> a nice well, way to put it. We do this stuff anyway, right? So it's like we talk, whatever we're doing on Facebook, I imagine we'd be doing outside of the platform as a social being. But this makes it so it's data-driven. It's a little different. I mean, it's some age of Aquarius shit. It's like, I mean, genes mutate all the time, but CRISPR is like a hardcore version of that. So in a sense, I'm not even sure if it's like a neutral or positive thing. Um, but even I've seen, you know, like, oh, look, the Facebook logo looks like a, or Gmail, I think it was, looks like a Freemasonic apron. And or all of those were. logos look something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, we're so, just like, of, of course, course, it's a cult ritual hitting high. Yeah. Have you the seen the sigil that's on the inside of Mark Zuckerberg's jacket? I remember oh, hearing about this one time <laughs> with the three, yeah, 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 community and some whatever it says. Yeah, yeah, that's totally it. It's just interesting. You're like, oh, that's totally a sigil. That's like, yeah, that's the the internal rituals a sigil. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't start smart, strike me as smart enough. To, I mean, not offense, Mark Zuckerberg. He doesn't strike me as smart enough to be or cool enough to be a chaos magician or doing that. He doesn't have to saying, be. He just has to have well, the right like parents. Lifelong stuff gets interesting. You're like, oh, was he passed this project? Tell me what you know about LifeLog, because all I know is what I just Googled because you said it. So just give me the background. I feel like they should look it up because it's so fascinating. But it was just basically a project to track people's contacts um, and their location. Information processing. And and their texting, you know, basically their, their, their online communications. So if you like, I can read just a very basic one paragraph. Let's see what Wikipedia here. tells us. Exactly. Yeah. Which is another CIA project, you know. So totally. I, I like to call it the uh, <laughs> one, uh, one is the CIA Factbook and CIA Facebook. And with Wikipedia, you know, it's not much different. And even this has been very well proven that it has not only been used to defame the administrative structure of Facebook uh, or of Wikipedia is incredibly fascist and. Uh, it's a complete social engineering project because if everyone takes this as an encyclopedia, you know, how do you control, 
How, yeah, how do you con and then you have to look at their guidelines for how to source and so on. Only well-respected sources. Well, if you're not well-respected and wonder how that comes about, yeah. you're not allowed there. So it's a editor. <laughs> and, and even the the co-founder, I forgot his name now, has been going on about creating something new because many years ago, just like many others, realized that this is not a good project for really you know free and open thought. But anyways, here at Wikipedia says about LiveLog. Life it was a project by the by DARPA, so this is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DOD, and the Information Processing Techniques Office. Or oh, how many alphabet agencies do you guys have? Infinite, I guess. Anyway, yeah. so it says <laughs> it's an ontology-based subsystem that captures, stores, and makes accessible the flow of one person's experience in and interactions with the world in order to support a broad spectrum of associates, assistance, and other system capabilities. The objective is to be able to trace the threads of an individual's life in terms of events, states, and relationships. And it has the ability to take in all of the subject's experience from phone numbers dialed and email messages viewed to every breath taken, step made, and place gone. Well. It seems like we've been integrating it that even whether you know our phones with our geo tracking and everything. Uh, I don't. Uh, these last two, this episode is getting dark. The last one was like ritual <laughs> abuse and satanic reptilians. And I'm like, oh my god. Um, oh, I totally have a weird reptilian dream to talk about, but I, it wasn't satanic at all. It was super nice. So maybe I'm at a different kind of reptilian. Oh, that's oh, good. We oh, want to hear oh, about those in particular. Yeah, yeah spill the beads. We'll, okay. all hold, we'll all hit pause and the DARPA is fucking with us at multiple levels through generational technology front. And yeah, that's like a really heavy thing. Probably but with some alien health. That that's fine. I'm programmed, but don't remind me. <laughs> Sometimes it gets too real. You're like, I feel like Brave New World. If he, if Aldous Huxley was alive now, he'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it would get this crazy. I want to reread Island. I don't know if you, I haven't ever read Brave New World, but I know Huxley, you know, through the doors of perception kind of poems and stuff um, or writings. And the only Huxley I ever read was Island, which is basically about Buddhism and mushrooms. If you haven't read it, it's well worth reading. Uh, oh, and it's, it's I'll interesting. I'll have to read that now. Oh, it's Got good. Me. Karuna. Karuna. I mean, just check this shit out. There's a bird that calls Karuna, but that's a Buddhist word for something else. Check it out. Anyway, what's your dream about reptilians? Okay. So I was having a regular dream. Whatever that. So I was not conscious. I was not lucid before I I met this being. Um, I was like, I can remember I was wandering around a little bit, doing whatever, whatever I was doing in an unconscious state or subconscious state, and I came across a reptilian. I would almost say more amphibian-looking being. It had very large lips and very large eyes, as opposed to kind of like smaller depictions of reptilian faces. And uh, it, uh, my impression that it was like an older female, so like matronly kind of energy. I was getting off of her, and she was just giving me this stare, like that that look only a grandparent can give you when they're fed up with your shit. And I was internally, I was freaking out and I became lucid in the dream. And I was like, holy shit. 
what the fuck is this being I've encountered? And I'm looking at it and noticing how calm it is. And I could feel, you know, internally, I, it felt very real. And my fear state was really raised. I could feel adrenaline. Um, my thoughts were scattered. So I started centering myself and like, you know, centering myself on my heart chakra and trying to be in the moment. Um, when it started of some singing bowls, bro, no, I'm kidding. Keep going. Telepathically communicating with me. And it was like more emotions than thoughts. It was not thoughts that were going back and forth, but they were very clear emotional content. And, um, it put out its hand for me to touch it. And like that beer came back and I had to like really center myself. And when I touched it, um, I got that crazy universal love feeling. Like when you get on psychedelics, um, I felt my heart chakra totally light up and it went into my throat and into my crown. Um, and I was bathed in love. And then I woke up. And that feeling carried with me for several hours, just like what happens in a psychedelic encounter or what I've had to happen in a couple of psychedelic encounters. And to the degree that you can, how would you visually or etherically describe that entity? Because you discern it as reptilian. How would that look in this particular instance? Um, I was, I feel like, my subconscious overlaid some video game I saw. <laughs> That's always possible. <laughs> <laughs> but I've tried to remember the name of the video game. And it's 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 been eluding me ever since the dream. <laughs> what what but, genre is uh, it? We can narrow it down, maybe. Um, I feel like it was like Earthworm Jim. It kind of looked like my original AIM screen name, we're getting into like social engineering, was Dirtworm Jim because uh, Earthworm Jim. But then I think people thought I was like, I mean, I was a kid. I was like in fucking third grade. I think they thought I was a creeper, like Dirtworm Jim or something. And I don't know, but that was my screen name for a long time. I haven't thought about Earthworm Jim in a long time, uh, like two decades. <laughs> they, it's a good throwback. Battle to the like whole era. Weird synapses are firing off right now. That's what's up. So, yeah, I mean, you were saying it had bigger eyes. I mean, amphibious. I don't know enough about aliens and species to be able to discern it. Cause, but I know that there's different types. We're talking about this last time. It's like the greys have many subspecies or whatever. It's like there's not just a grey, like the X-Files grey or whatever. Um, there's a lot of types. So interesting that it was also, I don't know enough about reptilians, but I don't think of them as being very like empathic, emotional, psychic things usually yeah it's more like command and conquer and well, you know i just like to mention again this would be the xeno xenophobia like, that's kicking in understandably so i'm guilty and it seems it's the same See, here. I, I started looking up if there were like good reptilians i'm just fucking curious but pete's, pete's dragon that's about there it. was some random shit on the internet but you're like whatever it's just stuff no, it's bad PR. I'm sure there's got to be a spectrum of both, right? Like, Wario exists as much as Mario, or whatever. I feel like just like humans are so... There's such a difference in humans. There's got to be a difference in other species, even among one, you know? There are people who are, like, 
down for helping other people and their stuff that's just like fuck it there's the dentist the of reptilians <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait that one's always blowing shit up and trying to help the humans i don't know uh yeah no there's got to be variation and in a weird way it's funny because you were saying this and i'm not saying this isn't real but i was like what part of your subconscious self were you meeting as that because in some way that's how i was seeing it. it's like you were all afraid of like you were meeting yourself you know, like the Adam and God thing. You were meeting. Oh yourself, yeah, totally. I can see that now. That's not exactly you. Like it's the part of yourself that you don't normally talk to, or whatever. Raphael, any thoughts on what I'm saying? Because this gets very psychological and reductionistic, and I don't want to say all aliens are just parts of yourself you haven't talked to before. Well, the idea would be that all aliens are parts of yourself you haven't talked to before, but that doesn't mean that they don't have their own individuality and exist within their own frequency spectrum. Because ultimately, they are all. Everything is a part of yourself, anyhow. So again, those two ideas are not necessarily excluding each other. I won't go on a Star Trek rant, but there's an episode I just watched called. Um, it says something. The title I did just think Deep Space Nine has something to do with like, uh, like the far away stars or beyond, far away beyond the stars. And the whole concept was basically this guy named Cisco is the, is the uh, director or whatever of the space station in the show like continually like that's you know the captain picard in star trek this is the guy the main dude the black captain and he starts having these like cerebral cortex you know neurological synaptic firings and he's fusing between him and like a 1950s america and all of a sudden he's there and he's like an author with a science fiction magazine that's kind of making pulp fiction or whatever you know like general like you know mad comic books but for science fiction and he's like basically this um uh, parallel self or pass over however you want to put this basically some guys like here's a sketch of like a mantid being in a hot you know bikini woman who wants to write a story and then one guy's like i'll write a story about that and then he holds up a picture in deep space nine and cisco's like i'll write about that so then he starts writing and it's like his parallel self is writing into reality the the world we know as deep space nine so basically it's like who's writing who like who's dreaming who or whatever. So maybe we're just some figment of some mantid being's imagination about what apes could evolve to, or whatever the fuck, you know, like that kind of thing. Did you ever watch Stargate, the television yeah. show? Yeah. Did you show, ever, not the TV do show? You remember the the, oh, there was a there was an episode called Wormhole Extreme um, that you got to watch. It's pretty funny. Um, they're like they're like going to investigate a show that's used as a cover for a military program for their military program. And so they create a show called wormhole extreme as to like, to cover for the program. Yeah. To totally deflect. It's like, like, are they trolling us or like, this is just a funny episode. You (laughs) may know that at least Stephen Greer, I believe had mentioned this and there were also some like high level aerospace executives that at least claim that everything you've seen in Star Wars and Star Trek, we've already done and more, whether that's true or not, or who has really done what, I don't know. It wasn't Stephen Greer. It was like the head of Lockheed Martin Skunk Works who said, I think he said pretty much what you said, right, that we've right. been able to replicate that technology and more. Exactly. So at least some people claim that they can. And then I'm always like, well, why at least are they not presenting this to us, but only these, you know, lame ass fighter jets and so on. Because and, uh, as Arthur C. Clarke dots. would say, any technology that's too far advanced is magical. And in some way, maybe there's a situation it's where they're like, we got to just like divulge it slowly. 
Any significantly advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Exactly. And in some way, it's semantics because it's like if you say, you know, like a spell or something, you're using coding and it's it's very similar. I'm wondering if there's like white hats that are like, look, let's just make a show and it's going to basically, um, what's the word? Uh, Self-disclosure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, as opposed to just being like, well, we're going to have a caste system that are like the gods among men and we just have the tech. There might Maybe that's what Hollywood is. I don't know. See, sometimes I'm like, Hollywood's the most amazing thing ever and Disney and all this shit. And sometimes I'm like, they are programming us. Like, oh my God. Like, what the fuck? And they should just I be able like... to create movies without abusing each other whilst they're doing it. Okay. <laughs> People wonder why there aren't any good movies anymore and you're like, yeah. there's a huge agenda behind them all. <laughs> There's all this remaking doing. I think Child's Play is being remade. Oh, that's like, I feel... How many of them? There's a bunch of those already. Yeah. Are they going to make, almost... make it the serious reboot? <laughs> like Jerry Bruckheimer's son is like, I'm too lazy to come up with my own shit, so let's just take uh, from the pile of has-been and do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to hate too hard. A dark, ultra-realistic version or something? I think that's what's coming out, but I'm not into horror. I have an active imagination. I can't handle that shit. So, I feel uh, like that's so bad for your brain. Like, it, like Hellraiser? I, don't know. I feel like horror like movies... Fuck you up. I feel the same way about horror movies as I do pop music. It's just like shit that like rambles around in your brain and just fills up space you didn't need to fill up. <laughs> and then it pops out at weird times when you probably just don't need that crap. In your brain period right like i mean it's a good example but like it, i wouldn't have had the fear okay so when i was a very young kid i would i was obsessed with indiana jones i actually have a scar on my arm you can barely see it probably but it's long it used to be my whole length at five i was on a swing set with a jump rope pretending to be indiana jones and a friend pushed me off and I hit a screw and it cut me to the bone uh crazy stuff the fucking paramedics had to use sniffing salts on themselves like because my mom's what? like my son cut his arm and they hung up on her they're like all right we'll be right there and then they get there it's like oh my god Oh, like code red he's cut to the bone anyway um in um shit i forgot what i was even saying indiana jones derpadelphia what am i trying to say what was your last statement i got lost with the sniffing salts because i was like what was it you that was they were no. giving sniffing salts they, or they, they had it themselves they had it. They were just like, "Holy shit! I'm gonna faint!" Oh my god, Ralph! Let's stitch. I mean, I had like two layers of stitching. Shit! What was it about Indiana Jones? I'm gonna never remember where my train of thought went. But you're talking about fears from uh, oh, childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from, like horror uh, movies. Yeah, yeah. When I was walking up the stairs at age like five or six, I had seen uh, in Indiana Jones: The Ark of the Covenant the snake, the large when he falls into the fucking pyramidal kind of structure. Um, oh yeah yeah it comes out of a mouth like a skull or whatever and it was just like it burned itself in my mind as a kid and then when i was going upstairs one day i started getting like spooked feelings who knows if there's an entity or whatever is going on electromagnetics or what but i started feeling spooked and i looked up the stairs and i was like i that's the mental image that came to me it was like oh my god the snake skull and it's like that has nothing to do with this reality but then i was like ran up to my room and i was like don't even think about this shit so uh, yeah, yeah, the junk we can imbibe rattles around just like, you know, the shit we eat stays on our bodies. Like if you eat all Twinkies all the time, it's just going to stick on you. Uh, I, we're so much more foolish and naive than we realize, I think. <laughs> we give it over the keys. <laughs> there might be a reason, a really good reason as to why, I mean, 
free will wasn't given for a long time to people or whatever Rafa was saying earlier. Uh, well, at least see... not free will to be negatively polarized, which is kind of interesting. And now, we destroy ourselves too quickly. And even within the biblical storylines, you know, they always talk about letting the devil out again or putting him back or whatever. And now definitely we're in a time where it's out of the bag, you know, so everyone can make a choice, which maybe they couldn't make as clearly otherwise if it was all flowers and, you know, fields and sunlight. So, you know, I wouldn't mind, but maybe we'll get there eventually we'll appreciate after we made the choice. After yeah. the trip to Mordor, like <laughs> Rivendell is way more lit. You know? For sure. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's kind of planned, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, anyway, um, so that dream, we could talk about dreams. I mean, we're going all over the place. That's how we roll, especially with you, Vinay. Uh, you're an Aquarius. He's a Libra. I'm a Gemini. It's just like, it's like, you know, those Powerball lotteries where it's just like, uh, dig, 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 and then one pops up. That's how this feels. It's like, holy shit, how many ping pong balls with numbers are in there? I have um, a friend you probably have to talk to at some point. He has like encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek. Okay. And um, he yeah, used right. to make me watch uh, Next Generation no episodes in chronological order. So he would like go back and rearrange them all like the sequences so that we would watch them in chronological order. And it was a completely different experience than what just do you watching mean chronological the order. So like there would be like um, subplots that go throughout the seasons and he would just arrange them all how they actually happened in time in the series. Gotcha. So he's like so super nerdy. doesn't do that. It's more chronological inherently. So it's like they'll talk about last week's episode, this week's, or whatever was going on. But Star Trek: Next Generation was way more atemporal. It yeah, like, it was. Yeah, so I could see that being a theme. Uh, yeah, we'll have to get him on here and geek out, and then get you guys on. And He's good at like um, showing how just some really interesting like social themes that like Gene Roddenberry was exploring and how the show did it. He's just very intellectual talking about the show. It's pretty fascinating to listen to him. Like. It's nerdy until you listen, and you're like, "Oh, wow, he's making some really wild comparisons that are really like the Dow of Star Trek." Oh, totally. Yeah. All right. So, uh, but okay, pulling all the way back. So you have this amphibious dream. You get this ecstatic state vision and stuff. That's a good dream. What was the dream that you wanted to talk about that was weird and bad? I mean, it might not be bad, but you said it was really fucking weird. I forget. I have a lot of strange dreams. Maybe for the best. Maybe for the best. <laughs> uh, and, uh, okay. So Write down your dreams, me. people. Write them down. At least like five words I've every day. That. And it, what's weird is I had, okay, um, maybe it's not, after, right after COVID, well, I had COVID where I thought it was COVID. I started smoking hash oil and for like three months I was just like a stoner because my job sucks, my back hurts and all this. And ever since then I've had a few dreams, but usually I dream like vividly and recall it and could be like recollect it later and that stuff. And right now I can't, which is annoying. So yeah, maybe I should start writing stuff down, but I'm curious as to uh, what you think, like, uh, you know, what's our responsibility to dreams? Ah, wow. What a great question. Simple questions from Jim. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people like, think it's machinations of your mind. You digested bad beans. You're going to have a nightmare, that kind of shit. I'm not material. Dust to, uh, there's levels of that for sure. I mean, for example, like when you think you're falling and you wake up and you jerk awake, it's like, that was clearly my imagination influencing my main frame suit or whatever. It's like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like, um, so it's a kind of like chicken egg thing. Cause I, sometimes I don't think dreams mean much at all. And it's just kind of you processing the day and, Oh, I, 
you know, I saw this before I went to bed and now it's coming through a different lens. So I was watching Friends, but now I'm thinking of Harry Potter because they're friends, whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. And then sometimes it's like not prophetic, but I mean, way more meaningful where it feels like a dojo. And it's like, I'm doing multidimensional karma. <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Those are um, the cool. I love those. those are the ratchet ones. I, those are the most, yeah, those are the ones that I think uh, mean more, but that's a, a weird way to put it. So yeah, do you think we have obligations to our dreams? You're like, write dreams down. Like why, what, what makes you say that? Um, I mean, you don't have to. It's more like if well, no you're shit, Vinay, but I'm wondering why you what the fuck's it. going on, and you want to like have you know, like you can you could go to a guru or some kind of religious person or blah 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 or read some book, or you could just start writing your fucking dreams down and and having this experience for yourself and and have it be so personal. But um, but we get so confused. Like in the Wizard of Oz, she wakes up and she's like, "Holy shit, that was a very meaningful experience. That was highly symbolic and multidimensional allegory, or whatever." And then it's like, I can't really articulate this, and I don't, you know, like clearly at the end, she's like, "Uh." Whereas like the whole film is like, you know, basically a dream sequence, quote unquote. I'm not even sure we're even cogent or responsible enough in our own minds and bodies to be able to like, you know, make anecdotes that are accurate. Like when we wake up, we're like, holy shit, I remember maybe like the last <laughs> thing I experienced or the most impotent parts. But it's like there's not a whole it's not a whole film celluloid. It's it's a few frames. I don't know. I feel like to like sort of discount it's easy to sort of discount dreams of just sort of like an aspect or like, you know, something our brain does to sort of decode reality when we're sleeping. And it's there not to have any more, you know, more meaning. It's not more meaningful than whatever we put into it. And I guess it's also in a way the assumption that all the data that could influence a dream is all taken from material reductionist reality and only our human life experience. And of course, usually there will be themes tied into that. But I guess the main difference in assumption would be whether one could say in these dream states or altered states, I'm actually accessing different information banks than I even could within the waking state. And also I think in general that dreams are great because everyone can dream and if you're really supposed to get a message, if you are at all open to that, even if you can't get it through any other way, still almost everyone is gonna go to sleep at some point and then <laughs> you can get those insights. And you asked about responsibility. What I would say potentially would just be to pick up the phone or actually try to understand what a dream tries to tell you because oftentimes enough it's clear enough anyways if it's a really relevant message i think and otherwise it can serve you know for all kinds of exploration of the self and clarity about one's own life or even just gaining perspective or gaining insight that could not be had the same way in a conscious waking experience and then of I mean, course the high priestess versus high priest energy yeah right and then of course i'd be curious to what you say Vinay. so also last show we spoke about Bashar and my issues with him kind of recommending masks and so on. But anyways, one of the things he talks about is in their society, which is quite integrated and synchronistic, the main thing they did is they learned that dreams are simply another layer of reality and not to make so much difference anymore between waking reality and dream reality because they're actually one part of the same, of the same thing. 
And that by doing that, one can become more lucid in the dream. So both the waking dream and just act out of your own preference and not be so scared by any material forces. And at the same time, you could technically become more conscious on the dream level and more consciously start to lay out the template level realities, just like you're an operator in the matrix. Yeah? And you're sitting there then consciously. And I can only imagine we are doing a lot and you could even do a lot more some of it consciously if we became more aware of it and wouldn't you know shove it aside you know to, to just be a phenomenon created out of the material which i think doesn't quite make the cut ultimately you guys saw inception right yeah ariadne yeah. which is like a spider myth kind of thing is all about architecting dreams right she's like because it takes different people to do different things like somebody has to convince the mind of ourselves and others that like the details are correct right so one guy was like you know the forger or whatever and that where she was kind of like i'm gonna create the blueprint of the cities like the maze that you run in it's not the same right. thing at all um yeah i mean the thing about that um one episode of deep space nine was like the father was this religious person and he was kind of yelling at his son being like talking in biblical terms and then of course in reality the reality of the present day deep space nine, he quotes the Bible. And then the Cisco's like, I've never heard you quote the Bible before. What the fuck? He's like, you know, it's uh, we, I, in a weird way, it probably is parallel selves and realities. And they just like, you know, like there's just crossover sometimes. And, and we remember it. Um, I was going to look up the etymology for Ariadne really quick. Cause I'm pretty sure that had to do with mazes and, um, what is it? Not Ariana Grande. Okay, no, I'm don't suggest tell you for a second because I feel like we can't have this conversation about dreams without talking about precognitive dreams because those appear. I mean, like, so we were kind of saying these dreams might have mythological substance, um, but maybe not more than that. But also, with Raphael said, I feel like synchronicity by examining synchronicity and dreams as both separate and integrated phenomena. There's a lot of really interesting, very like strange bits of reality that can happen that, you know, like we're David Lynch has made his career off of that, right? More increasing coincidences or synchronicities, whatever you want to call it, but they increase in stranger and more kind of surprising ways where, you know, it seems to be reaching out you know, at first for me, they started with like numbers, kind of very basic on the screen. But then, you know, as you start paying attention further and further out, it can be, you know, meeting someone with the same color shirt, having the same conversation. And, you know, you're like, wow, is this, was this at, did this happen? Is this like um, just coincidence or is reality sort of uh it's got a trickster element to it that is always at play. A potentially trickster, but always the, the idea that, <clears throat> I mean, the Sasani way to say it would be all excitement is connected to all other excitement, or there is always kind of a leading thread, most simple and kind of mundane, but synchronistically relevant. <clears throat> I met a friend some weeks ago, and we had just finished talking about a common friend, and uh, or even calling, then that all, whole thing is kind of done, also the phone call. And then out of nowhere, uh, a co-worker of the individual we just spoke to, who is in a different city at that time, appears. 
on the stage you know like it was literally like you put down the phone and then like of course now this individual has to show up just because you know that yeah so sometimes it's really very obvious and if one doesn't i don't know deliberately try to uh, ignore it uh, it can actually in a way serve to show maybe some meaning in a way at least individually or that there is some kind of a track that one has laid for oneself uh, you know ultimately ideally to lead to the desired destination but certainly that things you know if you try statistically to do that kind of stuff i mean that's pretty much impossible once you started experiencing it so i think yeah that's when the coincidence theory kind of goes out the window at some point if one becomes conscious enough to recognize how well tied together and woven together everything truly is there's a really really good film i only owned two dvds in high school the big lebowski and uh waking life waking life if you've never seen it it's fucking tits um but the whole point is, is like life is like dream is destiny and it's like what happens if you're lucid dreaming but you can't you can't find reality again it's just like kind of vignettes of thoughts and stuff you'd love it Raphael, if you haven't seen it um but that's kind of a dystopian kind of look at it where it's like you're lost in the dream forever and it's like what's not a dream uh, maybe a, a little like uh la congress right where at the end of it it's just like oh my god the psychedelic apocalypse where we don't even understand our selfhood what the fuck um yeah but I'm, weren't they on drugs they were it was like a fourth psychedelic apocalypse in that movie where all of a sudden your imaginative like inner ego avatar was what you were seen as yeah right but everyone like, ran around <laughs> when they took off yeah. the mask didn't look so pretty anymore right yeah and she had to find her kid uh, yeah it was crazy that was one of the weirdest things i don't think i was on drugs when i saw it but it felt like it was on drugs when i watched it um but with waking life it was kind of uh it's actually got alex jones in it before he kind of went like you know more where he's at now or whatever alex jones in there was a totally different character than hardcore libertarian freedom yeah i mean he still is that but it's like less charady less caricature it feels like he i don't even know i don't he's an aquarius by the way alex jones um part of me sometimes we've had andreas on a bunch of times he's hung out with him in person i'm sure he's a nice guy i feel like part of him is like whiskey drunk or just having fun. Part of him is like playing up a market need or whatever. I feel like he's almost like a Hunter S. Thompson character, but not yeah. so intellectual or interesting. Like if Homer Simpson was like... Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 awesome. Yeah, but no, he's not no. dumb. Uh, he's just so paranoid. Paranoid. But it's like it's well, infectious. What I have to mention, like- though, what he did, though, also historically, and this can be proven through the archives now, is one of the main things he did for a long time was just read the occulted documents to you as to what certain individuals are planning. And when you just compare that with all of the things that are happening now, you can just quite blatantly see there's individuals following certain plans. You don't need to be. But is that because a narrator in the dream gave us the planted idea that this is where the dream could go, and now we're dreaming? Of course, yeah, that's a great question. But I would just say, at least ever since I incarnated here or had any semblance of cognizance, I could very well see that this place is completely upside down, and that this also cannot happen randomly or whatever. That people are so confused and abused, but that there have to be all kinds of systems and methods behind it and again it's not about finding someone to blame or to hang but understanding the dynamics 
And uh, yeah, so these are certainly things where at least from what I can see, he has simply been proven right. And there is no point in being paranoid because again, even if I don't want that reality, how do I prevent it if I have absolutely no clue that some people would have even just a control uh, motivation, which is very obvious, right? So, yeah. You need to watch this Richard Linkletter film. He did Dazed and Confused and I think Waking Life and some other stuff. He has a cameo in it and when he's playing an ukulele in the dream and stuff. And there, I mean, it's not all, I mean, it's, it's weird because it's as diverse as life itself. So you have people in prison who are raging over that and like burning up in a hellish situation. You have people who are like acid head type people who are like, oh my God, I tango with myself every night, you know, whatever. Um, it's a very, and, and even the uh, film, pro, uh, the production, what they used an animation technique. I forgot it's, if it's xenography or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, exactly. Same idea where they take the like the celluloid of the, of the film and then had animators right over it and then take away the celluloid and it's like yeah a proxy. It's like Van Gogh trip vision. It's very, that's why I watched it on you know in high school in mushrooms. There and stuff. was one speaker in it who was talking about drawing people into the conscious moment and being in the moment. And actually, the, watching the that segment in the move in the movie brought you into this like real moment. It was very like. It was one of those times clouds. where you're like, it's the holy okay, this isn't a movie or a film or art. This is just like people being very real. And now we're capturing it and just observing it links us up in a very interesting way. But I wanted to, before we get too far, I really thought what Raphael had said was fascinating about synchronicity and randomness and observing what's going on and and sort of coming to the understanding that it's, it doesn't appear to be random. Um, there seems to be a lot of intent behind the scenes of what goes on. Um, we can Have definitely- the new Loki TV show? Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's how this feels a little, right? Where it's like, look, there's a whole charade of magic happening, but behind it is some magician card saying, I want a dream thing. Anyway, let's talk about secret, because the, in that like the part of the reason that anything ever unfolds plot wise is like synchronicities and stuff like that in the film um, and like third wall, fourth wall breakage stuff. Anyway, um, keep going down the rabbit hole of what you're talking about though. I didn't mean to distract you. Oh, so I was just like, there's this weird, like playful element of synchronicity where you have these like really great moments, but it sort of teaches you about randomness a little like a, like sort of like a, field guide to intuition from the universe so you can sort of i feel like when you had when you've experienced synchronicities a lot you can kind of discern when things are just kind of okay that happened and then other ones seem to carry some meaning we may be projecting that totally that could be projecting it but i feel like it becomes that how many times did you project it versus versus you know how many bald eagles did i see after talking about bald eagles with someone and then seeing one like literally land on my car where you're like, okay, now that's, you know, how many times has one landed on my car the day after I had a conversation about the meaning of bald eagles? I mean, that could totally be a fucking coincidence, but I feel like you guys have had some strange stuff like that where whatever little part of your brain is cataloging this and starting to be like, Okay, 
I'm going to have to be a little more open-minded on what I'm observing because I'm starting to crew all these strange data points. Have you ever read the Soul Stein Prophecies? (laughs) Yeah. The second book. Oh, I have not read the second book. There's a second and third and maybe even a fourth. I read... Oh my those. gosh, keep going. Uh, yeah, no, he made a trilogy and uh, whatever. The second one's all right. It's not the same kind of thing. It's not like this Machu Picchu, you know, whodunit kind of thing. But um, there's a point in which they're kind of tapping. They're in Shenandoah or some place like that, kind of, you know, America. And same characters. You'd like it. I mean, it's not bad. It's actually really heady and getting into some interesting, newer, you know, headier concepts. But the idea is like the shamanistic view of the Native American being like, if I need courage a courageous animal is going to resonate in my reality, like a bear. And then you look at the bear and you see it and you follow its signs. And then you don't just stay stuck on the bear, whatever you, you're going to lily pad it. Like you're in big yeah. alien. You're going to hop from one sink to the next. If you have a desire to do so a and B, if you're open and willing to do it, it seems. So it's not just like, Oh, I get stuck on bear medicine and then now I wear bear shit and, grateful to have bears everywhere and I am a bear. It's like you can get fixated on things. And I think part of the beauty of the magician card is not to be fixated on one element. He's playing with all the elements. So it's like, I've got fire, I've got water, I've got earth, I've got air. It's not just like I'm air gang and that's all there is. Um, but yeah. Well, no, that definitely goes so with cool. being like in the fucking present moment where you're like, I'm just experiencing this and observing it rather than applying some of these like conscious models to what's going on. Should I just totally non sequitur? No, no. no, it totally makes sense. And that's that's the one thing that I always experience when I do in particularly altered states, like increased amounts of DMT and so on. And it's like, okay, this is so beautiful. This is so complex. And I try to make sense of it, but it's simply impossible. You know, there is, from a human perspective level, there is potentially at times no way to make sense. And it would make much more sense to simply observe and be open and like increase the perceptive capabilities rather than immediately trying to create the reasoning which may for good reason only reveal itself in time or or whatever so there is yeah but it's interesting analysis paralysis i mean if you're in the dream usually people like oh my gosh uh you know whether it's big lebowski or the fountain or never ending story like the amazement in the willingness to kind of go into the novelty of what could be with the hope that the magical thread will guide you is very different than being like, what is the magical thread? Who's pulling it? Like that stuff kind of starts getting more Alex Jonesy, like what we're talking about. It's like, Oh shit, are elites on DMT making deals with the fucking transdimensional beings causing us to have COVID-19? It's like, what is going on? Like sometimes we just have yeah, to just kind of ride the is wave. Is that so unlikely by now? <laughs> I don't yeah. Even, like I don't even know everything's the on the table for me. I'm like, I, yeah. I maybe, maybe is my answer to everything. The devil's here. This is the mark of the beast. See, that's where my mind goes. I'm like, this seems like some mark of the beast shit. I mean, I'm, I'm not maybe. trying to push Christianity <laughs> on people, but it's like, this seems very prophesied. You're not going to be able to work or travel without this mark. <laughs> yeah. And again, well, just tell so me why ever read the Illuminatus trilogy. Which I isn't a trilogy, it, but I it's a book. I haven't read it. I have it. it yeah. Um, Robert Anton Wilson? Yeah. So, the well, the kind of the theme in it is, is, it, is the, you know, there's the the um, the anti-hero, which is like the main character. And um, he's sort of fighting the Illuminati or whatever, uh, the controllers. He, he calls it the Illuminati, but in the book, it's a joke because they're like, we don't even call ourselves that. Um, but the idea in it is they're trying to, 
imitize the eschaton which sounds crazy there's a whole bunch of jokes about it there's like whole dada's art movement where people have jokes about it and there's like the church of the subgenius that that shit's from I, I all turn over that stuff. From acid that stuff's crazy so imitize the imitize the eschaton is basically the idea that so these people are and taking not, a whole prophecy and then setting up all the conditions for it to occur. So they're like, it's not, it wasn't normally going to occur until these people like started forcing the conditions of what was going on in reality to try and make that happen. And you kind of see that sort of going on in the Middle East and stuff where they fight over Israel and Jerusalem where you're like, somebody made, they called it Israel and that was already a name that was like contentious. And you're like, man, if you even called it something else, it wouldn't have sparked so much religious contention <laughs> you know even just the name itself is political well, i've heard the etymology of israel is isis ra and el elohim and like <laughs> a weird thing going on there and then is it real israel like uh, who it's just weird oh, i never even thought of that one that's interesting weird weird way of thinking of the, the words itself and I've seen, because I mean, I'm more Jewish, Christian friendly, I guess, than a lot of chaos magicians generally. Um, I know that, like, you know, the mountain where, or the rock where uh, Jacob, which my name, James, comes from Jacob, uh, wrestled with God or whatever, had Jacob's ladder dream, all that kind of shit, is called Peniel, like Peniel gland. Same spelling. So <laughs> start getting, that's what, what Colin Smith, who's been on here a bunch, this is when reality starts becoming this, like, like, Ouroboros hologram where it's like what's informing what you know like kind of a suggestibility on drugs and in dreams it's like oh I saw that on TV and now it's in my dream sometimes I'm wondering if we're like we're plotting a reality but it's coming from a hyperdimensional space so things like that happen that's synchronicities like that happen um, like uh, yeah like Penel being the place where he laid his head and had the fucking vision is what we call our third eye gland or whatever like that's just weird to me High weirdness. There's so much high weirdness. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like journeying, like the first time, I don't know, I guess, let's say, how do I say it? I got, when I first started getting a tarot, it was sort of just to explore some synchronicities that I was having. And having it create more synchronicities and also point me to very interesting knowledge that I definitely would have not found so easily. Like, it definitely was the pointer. I was open to one, you know, I have wonder. Uh, I think all of us you here. look at the moon and then you saw a hand pointing at the moon called Terra. <laughs> Well, it was just one of those things where, you know, I was looking at the I Ching or I Ching, sorry, and looking at other forms of divination. I had friends that played with pendulums and, you know, just random stuff. But I feel like tarot connects with a symbolic or dream reality more for me than some of the other systems of divination to where, you know, there's like, so dreams are already this like, amorphous thing can you remember them can you not were they symbolic did that mean anything all these questions you have um 
even tarot has that sort of thing where each card is sort of a mystery. I mean, we look at them and have interpretations, but then when you do a reading, how you put them together is is like why am I looking at this part of the card? <laughs> like, oh, I just noticed this lady's foot is in the pool of water. That means like yeah, no, I know what you're saying. It's kind of this Rosetta Stone for the subconscious. That's what it is. I mean, that's what it, it is. is. Like really different, I think, than other forms of divination. But you know, I mean, I don't do tea leaves, but I've seen people have doing it, and I've kind of like understand what's going on with that a little bit, where you already have some a set of coincidences linked with conditions of the leaves. And so it's like a, a, an accretion of more coincidences where you like start to say like, okay, so this has meaning for this. But that's so vague compared to the tarot, which has its, it has its historical meaning. It's and then described meaning. Yeah. And then it's like the other like symbolic meaning that it has. And blah blah blah. Here, someone, someone talk. <laughs> On Harry Potter, they do tea leaf. You know, the whole thing about Harry Potter is hilarious because it's giving you a lot of esoteric stuff. Like the centaurs are into astrology. Like we've been watching the stars forever. This is, you know, Mars is here. Here comes Voldemort. Like it's kind of getting people into the idea that it's possible. But um, I guess Trelawney is this like you know, mystic arts teacher, uh, divination teacher, and um, she's making them do tea leaves. And you know, the irony is like she's had one real clairvoyant time where she prophesied Voldemort's like bring her down her, which she gets kind of confused. I mean, the whole point is like, she said, I don't want to get into too much Harry Potter spoiling, but basically uh, there's a prophecy and it could be applied to multiple people, but because somebody only heard part of the prophecy, they applied it to Harry and that's why he's caught up in the drama and his parents are killed and all this shit. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, when when so, is that like seventh book or something or? No, it, I mean, it happened before. He, yeah. It reveals that later on, like the last right. book. But um, anyway, um, she's doing tea leaf divination at one point, you know, and they're like, uh, and this is during, I guess, the Prisoner of Azkaban because he's seeing black dogs everywhere, which makes me think of Led Zeppelin's album, Black Dog, or song Black Dog. But um, yeah, he's seeing black dogs and it's like, omens, what does this mean? Kind of like what we're doing. It's like, how do I interpret the dream given the symbol sets and how deep do they really go? Um, I've never done tea leaf divination. I don't even understand the first thing about it. Have you, Raphael? No, I have no clue about it. But the way Vinay described it, it can make some sense, actually, if you have some You set should take of your joint ashes, put then... it in water after every joint, and see what the category Well, I think does. it goes beyond that for... See, I haven't really got into it, but it's like... You know, Tell it's like when, yeah, when you see, like, like, three birds. So, you know, someday someone might see, like, three of a specific type of bird, and then they do a tea leaf reading... And they get three leaves. So they associate, you know, they start to build associations based off what's going around them. Um, I feel like that's how a lot of those divination forms happen. But like, I don't know, I've like looked into the hoodoo where they like look at entrails and stuff. And that's like, it doesn't seem so intuitive. Well, it's like Julius Caesar <laughs> shit, right? Where it's like, oh, don't go to the Senate today because the bird entrails said you're going to get murked. Have you ever heard of the man of the stool? It sounds like a shit prophet. What is it? it? It's terrible. I think it's wait. Yeah, it's. I think it's called the Man of the Stool. It's an official. It's there's still a Man of the Stool. It's an official person in the um, royal kingdom who um, collects the uh, queen's poop, and they've been doing the it for thing. a long time. There's wait, not a only are you iron deficient. You might have an assassination attempt tomorrow. 
both yeah that's basically what the idea behind it is um but it's like a super old tradition she has a special throne that she poops on and they even have a special throne they carry with them when she leaves the country like it's a big you got to look at how ornate it is because um it's like a state secret too. I think they believe they keep right. all the poop. Yeah, so right. I heard something along those lines. Well, who knows what? <laughs> so that, weird. But who who knows what weird kind shit. of science could be found if they would analyze it? You know, who knows what kind of? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are gonna stare at the trees for a minute here. Word. That's the dream we're seeing. Um, no, I'll have to look that up. There's something funny about British culture. I don't know. It's one of these things where it's like, am I being influenced to think this or is this true? Because that's just how these things of my life are to my little shit. There's this book I read called Judah's Scepter, Jacob's Blessing or something like that, talking about the split in Israel and basically the lost tribe of Dan and how they go up the river, the Danube River, the tribe of Dan goes into like Dane, the Danes. And all these kind of like etymological stuff all the way up to Ireland is where they were said to go. And basically there's a stone, ironically from Peniel, the Jacob's Ladder stone pillow where he had this dream. That stone is called some kind of stone. I forget what it's called. But um, Is that the Ben-Ben stone or is that a different stone? No, I think that – no, no, no. I think the Ben-Ben might be part of the Kaaba of Mecca maybe. Okay. Um, Like the meteorite that they're circling around. Oh, yeah. I think think, you're right. And it's like look at you – ants doing this crazy shit around a meteorite what is going on here anyway um so i'm not going to be quoting this right but basically the idea is like the queen of england at some point like why does england have the blessing like why are they this superpower and they're like they put the stone of prophecy or whatever the stone is called the the stone underneath the throne and as long as it's underneath the throne england was in power like they had the blessing of jacob which is like you'll prosper uh, it, it's a weird book. I mean, I'm not even sure if it's accurate or whatever, but I was just like, what the fuck? So when you're talking about this queen and stools and all this shit, I was thinking, it's like, <laughs> she poops in one bucket and she sits on a rock underneath her throne on the other to get the blessing of God or whatever's going on. They do a lot of weird ritual, very superstitious shit where you're like, you know, if you don't believe in the occult, you're like, that's really weird. And you start getting the cult and you're like, well, Okay. I could see why oh, they're, they're just doing covering some their of bases. This stuff. They're just covering their magical bases here. <laughs> yeah, they just lay out stuff in huge grids based on, you know, geomancy, geomancy and, yeah. and Babylonian sun square tiles. They just do that, you know, because it's convenient. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to find one day that we were way more hijacked. It's a both in. It's like you know. I'm glad you're catching on, Jim. (laughs) Well, yeah, finally. Oh, but it's like we're way more hijacked, but it's all good. It's like a paradox. It's like holy shit. Like we were the blind leading the blind for a long time, and like certain people were abusing power and all shit. Like even William Shakespeare's The Tempest was based off of this idea. I'm pretty sure of John Dee with the Queen of England, like doing magic and causing the Spaniards to be cast away or whatever. So. one, I mean, I laugh about it more on drugs uh, than when I'm sober, but it's like we're in a story, a multi multi dimensional story with many. I mean, it's it's like it's an interactive multi platform story, and I guess there's people who magic magician card know how to hack that, and I guess whether it's because of a you know appointed times or whatever for reasons you know like Raphael was saying, like maybe certain magic wasn't online for everybody because they would abuse it. But it seems like um, the conditions have been such that... I got a good conspiracy for that one. Oh, shit. Lay it on us. 
we're gonna get a little bit Lord of the Rings on this baby. Which I stopped reading with my fiance when I started smoking weed. I'm in the middle of two towers, av- like while they're smoking the good weed in Isildur, not Isildur, in uh, that place that gets flooded by the ends. Anyway, what's up? <laughs> so Lord okay. of the Rings definitely is a gateway drug. Well, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, so I feel like if you believe in conspiracies or groups that can um, remain consistent over time with some kind of goal. So like, man, Knights of Templar, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Hydra. <laughs> Hydra. Okay, let's call it Hydra. Okay. So if you figured out how to actually manipulate reality and do whatever you want to call it, magic, and it's something that takes a certain amount of practice or skill or knowledge to do that sort of has to be, like, we're, I feel the, like, people who are learning about magic through synchronicity and stuff, it definitely seems like the slow way (laughs) as you learn more about history, it appears that, you know, a lot of this information is totally out there. We're, we're only, you know, rediscovering it and reapplying it in this different contextual reality with a bunch of machines and phones and, where the hell was I going? Some conspiracy theory, you said. Oh, yeah. So it would be, I, I mean, like, would it be so far-fetched to think that there's a group that's, like, trying to control or keep, prevent other people from manipulating reality using means that are basically very simple, like, sigils, thought forms. It's like the Merovingian. I mean, in the Matrix, the whole point was, like, he's like, oh, shit. I'm going to be a gatekeeper <laughs> or whatever. Uh, like he figured out, I mean, he was a program, so it's a little tricky, but um, we've talked about this a lot. It seems like the esoteric is becoming exoteric and now we're all self-initiating as chaos magicians, but that means very different things than if you have one Gandalf and a crew yeah. of dwarves. It's like, what happens if there's like 10 Gandalfs and no dwarves? That's how you get, Orion Space Wars. That's how you get. I mean, it, it turns it gets crazy really quick because people, for better or worse, are I guess free will dreamers, and we can dream the most ratchet shit. And we like nine elevens and COVID, and we can dream good shit. Like, so what do you think caused? Okay, so there was some collapse of society of ancient civilization like ten thousand years ago. Part of me wonders if they had figured out. Um, enough people had learned how to manipulate reality where reality itself became a problem. Too many conflicting consciousnesses. That's the, that's the point of uh, Dr. Strange, right? The one guy's like, yo, the problem in the world, there's too many wizards. And like, it leaves us on a cliffhanger in the first one. He's like, you know, the black dude, he's like, I'm going to go. He basically, he's like, holy shit. The person I was worshiping and adoring and this like gatekeeper, the lady, the a bald lady, I forget her name. Um, he's like, she's fucking with us and we do this. And now that's the problem. I mean, kind of like what you're saying. It's like, oh my gosh, too many wizards manipulating reality can make a Bermuda triangle or something like that. I'm just not sure. I'd be curious, Vinay, what you think, because that would assume there is only one single objective collective reality we all share and experience. And I would rather say that everyone is within their own complete hermetic dream 
and only by agreement and choosing to share certain aspects so we can in a sense pretend that we're all here together which in a way we are but ultimately everyone is still within their own singularity of a universe that's more the idea at least to me that makes sense because otherwise if you want to take your model and really say okay people becoming more conscious everyone tries to manipulate the exact same collective reality yeah well, i mean i think we'd be even more in a mess than what is happening now so i think it's more about uh how to say that yeah maybe you got my point anything you want to say about that well if we were living in a simulation then that would kind of lean towards us being in this sort of system where if too many people are trying to manipulate it it would cause errors Yeah, unless it has unlimited processing capacity to allow for unlimited instances of a similarly appearing reality. Yeah, or even just allowing realities to converge in certain ways, you know, because even now, and this is something very fundamental, which someone may realize at some point or not, but ultimately, what can I truly perceive in terms of information? Like what is secure information or defined information? For me right now within this room, it cannot possibly be more than whatever I can perceive right here. And maybe through this technology, a semblance of what you have. But anything outside of that actually is in a state of flux or in the quantum state of not being observed and may be subject you know, to great change and variation. I actually I think about that often when I started getting into the occult and conspiracies because... You can really, I mean, all of this is coming to us. I feel like most of the, I mean, both of all of us, I don't know. I don't know how often you guys go to the library, but I used to go to the library often, but now, you know, I just go to the internet here. Let me get some light on in here. Sorry. And uh, where we get information, you know, the only thing that can't, you know, is truly real for us is the room we're in. at any particular moment where it happens. everything where else is like you know we're looking at these windows into another world exactly, exactly yeah black mirrors <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because the last episode of star trek deep space Nine, i was watching it shows the windows and then on the top it, it's like the design almost looks like eyelashes so you look out to the stars and it would be like eyes it's almost like what you're saying it's like from the inside of the skull look at the dream <laughs> uh i don't think i mean i'm not so fatalistic and nihilistic or whatever though i'm like you're figments of my imagination but it's, it seems very much like it's waking life where it's just like there's levels of dreamers dreaming together and when you let love lead the way the dream goes a certain way and if you let fear lead the dream thank god for grace i guess like good things can happen to bad people etc bad things can happen to good people but it seems like the flavor of the film you watch it, you'll get a horror movie if you just watch conspiracy stuff all the time it's just how it works uh, not to say that they're not true or whatever. It seems like what we, you know, what we feed ourselves does influence. I mean, the dream. Well, it was, how- we were talking about horror movies earlier, and I was kind of saying I, I try to avoid those to not have that stuff in my head. So definitely, conspiracies are another like form of that filling your head. I mean, it's some of them are obviously true, but I, you know, most of them probably are. I think the some. The issue or the line is, is how to respond to them, because if I'm not aware of it at all, for example, let's say 
maybe in a nice food packaging of the Twinkies, you know, doesn't necessarily mean it's actually healthy. So I'm so conspiratorially minded that I actually read the back, which in many cases is not more than that, even on larger level conspiracies. So there is, I think there is somewhat a differentiation between not ignoring these things and then being able to understand it and simply respond differently and not even through that get paralyzed into a fear state. If that's the result, of course, one should rather stay away. But I think without having understood it, one actually has less freedom because I'm less aware of the potential forces manipulating my supposed free will decision. Does that make sense? Sort of. Can you say that? Yeah, in terms of manipulation. So, um, yeah. Because if I'm not at all aware that those things may be going on and I'm never questioning it, then I will be much more easily led down certain pathways because... Oh, completely. I feel like that's what's going on right now is that we're in a situation where it's actually viewed as negative to question things. And right, we've kind of set up all in these itself, labels no. to divide people based off, you know, questioning just, I, I think, things that people would normally question up until recently. What comes to and mind now with you're for this some kind tech of... QAnon stuff, right? Because I was never really into QAnon, but at some point it was like, holy shit, these books are exactly about Baron Trump and you know whatever we were talking about here. And, I was like, and there was a point where I was like, probably 10% or less, so not a majority, but I was like, it's definitely possible that he's a time traveler <laughs> or whatever. I was like, I don't know. It's curious. Um, it's a curious mind thing. And also, I mean, like... But I don't like Trump. I always so. want to go with that maybe <laughs> thing. I'm, am I so certain of reality that that's not possible? That's when the magician gets know. hubristic and turns into um, Saruman, right? Where you're like, I know how this works and I'm going to do it. I think part of the magic of the magic is holding on loosely and being a child and like wondering about it. When you try to, when you start being like, I know what to expect and I want to control this and I want to have the same results all the time, that's when you get into kind of darker territory. Yeah. And also, I feel like it's that thing where instead of being in the moment, you're mo you're doing the modeling thing in your mind. And so you're you're experiencing magic at every moment, every mall, you know, every photon that comes from the sun bounces off the green leaves over here and hits this color that is so pleasing to our eye. I mean, like, all of that is just, like, constant magic coming at us. And is it even a fucking hologram? We have all of these things that are just amazing. If you just, like, sit there and wonder at that, you're almost in a psychedelic state. But then we start modeling reality, like, what's going on that we got from these boxes that we're staring at. We're staring That's why at language and social ability is so tricky. Cause it's like, I heard you tell me what that is. So now I have an interpretation that wasn't original. And now I have to compete with my original source interpretation versus your interpretation. And that's why we have an epistemological fucking craziness around these days, because you know, what is authority? What is truth? Who has, you know, in a sense, like it's all good, but in some sense, like some, this is where it gets, it's like some ways are more conducive to the dream than other ways. Like, if we all just blow up nukes right now simultaneously, we could do that, I guess, in the dream. But, like, is that conducive for the dream? <laughs> That's one of those ones where you're like, did they, I mean, like, I feel like that shit is real, but it'd be one of those things where you're like, man, they could have fucking totally. Have you seen the stuff with the people who, like, 
show off some of the nuclear footage look like it was done in miniature and slow motion and like oh it totally looks like that weird, i mean totally weird, the old ones filming going completely on. stick figures i mean there's some which is like blatantly obvious i think which and it's like one of those things where you're like i mean I do you think people are ballsy enough to fake shit oh and well i mean yeah. by now i think I mean, that I one we can we can all agree <laughs> on i guess <laughs> yeah it, i mean even uh uh it's not about faking shit it's more about manipulation we were just talking about this before it's like people in cloud atlas old georgie isn't telling anything false he's just influencing you with things that you fear to cause you to make the free will choice to either you know move towards fear or love that's the power i mean that's the whole serpent in the garden or whatever i mean i'm not against serpents and all this shit i think there's a lot more cult symbology going on in there just like a snake trick me but it's I'm a serpent it's like, in chinese mythology so watch out yeah yeah well okay uh <laughs> the nagas oh, aren't so that bad in the hindu mythology exactly most and that's what i'm saying like don't jump on this thing but the whole point is like he gave the potential whether it's even good because it, like the whole fall in the garden story could be looked at as promethean in a sense where it's like oh my gosh this guy gave us information to unlock our future evolution, which is a very positive polarization of the story. A negative polarization would be like, it was perfect, and you guys decided to pull the plug on the bathtub, and now we're fucking dry, and what's your fault? <laughs> or whatever. Um, but the whole like that's point some was weird he didn't blaming tell the victim what to think. Shit. That's some weird blaming the victim shit. Well, we're all Stockholm. <laughs> because there, what I like recently was this exactly about this story with the apple. So number one, it could relate to the law of one stuff in terms of people not being able to choose negatively, knowledge of good and evil, right? And then the other example or idea I liked was, you know, why couldn't God just not put, you know, the F in apple tree there? You know, everything would be peaceful <laughs> and all be nice, but there wouldn't be that evolution probably. You could have that, made a freaking yeah. orange tree and then... <laughs> or the lemon tree they could have had lemonades <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> if you ever watch a mandelbrot tour which i highly suggest i've used to watch them on acid a lot you'll see that like there's permutation within constant like chaos math the whole point is like there's always change it's like never sitting still and i think kind of what maybe that whole story is relegating is like it was basically perfect i guess you could say whatever that means conditions were harmonious things weren't aware of themselves in a certain way to become ego conflicting whatever it is falling into consciousness at a certain level it seems in the allegory of that story we've done at a certain level but um there always has to be there's not total unity i guess you could put it there's always one pixel of other if you watch the Mandelbrot, it's like, look, it's all fine. And it's like this one pixelation. just like, and then it switches the game up. And I think that's yeah. how it works. So it's like the tree had to be there because there's a fail safe for uniformity, which will be entropy in a sense. So it's like, it's gotta, it's gotta it would be, be able static to, and dead at least. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have black holes for a fucking reason. I don't know why, but it's like, it's, it's allowing the chaos to happen in a sense. And what's crazy is, I mean, I'm not sure how much you guys believe in science and scientists these days, but it's like, they're like, there's black holes everywhere. This shit's basically all black holes. You know, like they're getting kidding to that place. Um, it, I got some cool science yeah. stories for you. You want, you want some stories from the lab? I got two good ones. Yeah, lay it on us. So I did my graduate project on micro zooplankton and um, I was recording them um, with some really nice, you know, high resolution uh, video cameras. And I was having a lot of problems with um, 
shiny particles showing up in my uh, samples. And uh, everybody kept telling me, um, you have algae in your samples. Um, you need to, you know, isolate your organisms better. And I did that for like six or seven months trying to isolate them. And one day I took a, a bottle with pure water and I just put that under the scope and all the particles were in there. And uh, then I went and got a brand new one and put it under the scope after letting um, distilled water sit in there overnight. And I figured out it was actually plastic. <laughs> and it was all my samples. Everything everyone is using had sample uh, had plastic in them. Um, if they were using any plasticware, I was using um, Corning and Nalgene wear, which is all lab grade plastics. Right. They all broke down. I got a Nalgene right here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so you're saying even that doesn't exclude you from consuming. Hell plastic. no, that's it. You could put it under a stereo microscope after leaving the water in for a few hours and see the fibers in the water. It's fucked up. We were like, oh, Damn. shit. Like, they don't give a fuck. What magician is fucking Some Other people have to observe it. If you put it under a, a, a slide, like a glass slide, um, you won't see them because they're super small. And a glass slide, the way it reflects the light in there, those particles don't show up very well. I was actually just looking at it in a like a Petri dish size dish. And I was looking through a column of water with a stereoscopic microscope. So I could see the light was coming in at angles. So I could see the glint. Like refraction, yeah. Yeah. And so that's one well, weird fuck. lab story where it's like, hey, there's plastic and everything. I saw it personally. And now they're doing my microplastic studies where I um, used to go to school. Uh, so the other weird thing is, this is really interesting because this kind of like gets into some heady stuff. Um, my advisor was telling me that they were doing studies of... Um, large masses of algae over so so um basically blooms of algae over large swaths of the oceans they'd be several kilometers wide and uh when algae get uh, predated on so some animal comes and eats it 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 releases uh uh chemicals out that communicate to other algae right and when they were observing these big mats or these big blooms the entire bloom would react instantaneously to predation. And so it was reacting faster than the chemical could move through the water. And they were like, is this one organism or is this, are we view it as separate, but like, obviously there's either communication going on that's not chemosensory. Uh, you know, it's just a mystery, like what the heck was going on? Um, I don't know if anybody's studying that. I think that's one of those things that's very hard to study or look at. I mean, how do you even come up with an experiment to find the data? You'd have to do it um, on site because I don't think you could replicate that in a lab. In yeah, any... That's the great barrier to science in general, right? Always taking things, making them static and dead, having an isolated sample. And of course, you know, just like I think Douglas Adams quote or someone like, What happens if you take apart a cat? You have a non-working cat, you know, like surprise is not going to show the same dynamics. And oftentimes the assumption is much too reductionist and I want to say separationist or however you would call it, analytic. And then you lose sight of the greater picture. But otherwise, I guess the ex explanation is clear. There's some sort of a field of, a con of consciousness, which 
if we have open-minded enough scientists and intuitives, I'm sure we can get around to more and more, you know, on what type of scalar wave level or whatever, this may be measurable as well. But yeah, I think the phenomenon, you know, a clear case for the, let's say, primacy of consciousness, right? Well put. Well, I know we did a podcast before this, and then I don't want to speak for Alfredo. I'm a little brain dead. I've just been talking with our tarot readings and all this stuff all day. I actually gave a three-hour tarot reading before the podcast. Um, so maybe we should start winding down. But, Vinay, I'm kind of curious. Um, I'm seeing all these magpies. It's like, what the hell? I call them Zazu. <laughs> the birds like, are showing up. Yeah, they were, I, they're not even like Zazu, but I look at them and I'm like, I smile I'm like, they're Zazu. And it's not Zazu. But, uh, because it doesn't have a long beak or anything like that. But anyway, um, I'm, uh, we're going to get you back on here again. You're always fun to talk to. Once we get, it always feels like uh, Pop Rocks, where it's like you put it in your mouth and like it takes a second, and then all the shit's happening. And then by the end of it, it's like, well, there's a lot going, there's a lot of fizz in my mouth. So <laughs> I've got some things to munch on. Um, but are there any kind of parting sentiments or anything you want to talk about that you're working on? Anything like that? If not, that's okay. Don't feel obligated, but I'm just kind of curious. And then we'll wrap her up, as they say. Um, I'm just trying to be weird. I've been making music still. Um, been having a lot of fun. I feel like I get better. Practice does help. <laughs> you just keep working on stuff. We're going to put some of your original music in either the intro or the outro or some point. Um, so people can hear what you're getting down on. Um, yeah, Vinay, I don't even know how we came into contact probably through Molly. Um, right. so. but, uh, yeah, so you're, you're her Facebook group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now it's coming to mind. Uh, a lot of crazy magicians out here dreaming well. A lot of fucking high magic to be had. Guys, we are the magician, and the whole dream is manipulable. I guess just try to be honest with yourself about your goals and ambitions and how you're fooling yourself or manipulating yourself or others. It's a weird dream, and it is getting weirder. I think I'm less stressed out right now, but it is summer, so it's like nice out. Like It's harder when it's winter with a lockdown, I guess. <laughs> Um, hopefully this stuff progresses in a way that we all appreciate it. But uh, I do appreciate you coming on, giving us your time and these little anecdotes. I forgot all about your biology, biology kind of department. So next time we come on, we should geek out about the natural world in a way. Because I think yeah, you have you a... about anything you guys want to nerd out. I like all that stuff. Geeking out I, we can definitely it. get into more sci-fi. There's a great... Um, a writer, Alistair Reynolds, who wrote a really interesting book, a series called Revelation Space. And in it, one of the kind of alien entities that was evil was called the Sun Stealer. And what he did was oh use the, he used the sun to shoot a plasma ray at the planet. And uh, I always thought that was interesting because I don't know if you've been following like Brian Forrester or any of the people who are really into Egyptology um, who are looking, but um, like he finds lots of um, megalithic structures where surfaces are off, like they, they appear to be have been superheated at some point. So, I mean, they stipulate that the whatever collapsed civilization 10,000 years ago might have been kind of some kind of plasma event from the sun. Um, there's even the there's a big group uh like the thunderbolts.info yeah. the guys oh, yeah. that do the electric universe theory that's it i've heard that a long time ago i presume that to be the case and i just forget i was like yes striations from fucking electromagnetic charge jupiter i mean uh the the fucking asteroid belt of course 
Mardock or whatever. <laughs> Those guys, I mean, they do some interesting stuff. They've definitely shown some stuff where they've like modeled some of the structures of um, like they showed how the heat distribution map was more like a distribution of plasmas from different um, whatever solar bodies. I forgot what they said, but it was like pretty interesting how they explained it in terms of electrical phenomena rather than us looking at it as strictly a heat distribution phenomena. All about it. And those we'll two kind of go hand in hand. So we'll have to have a science demystified episode with you or something. And just go I wish I knew more. Things. I could only watch and wonder and that's be curious. Well, that's what we're doing here. We're just asking questions. None of us are experts. I'm not sure as fuck not an expert. I'm just a fucking amateur. So anyway, uh, Vinay, it's been a pleasure. I hope you stay healthy and well. You look like you're doing good. Um, and I do hope our paths cross more frequently. It's been a hot minute. So let's stay in touch. Uh, we'll put some of your music in this so people can hear that. Hit them up on Facebook. That's where I found them. You should um, come do a crystal ball meditation workshop. Come hang out in the, in the swamp. It's in swamp. I'm down. Swamp it's cool in the swamp. It's like where two universe, like two dimensions or three dimensions meet because you have like the ocean meeting with the land and like these two worlds are like slowly meshed together. It's got a weird, heavy, interesting feeling that's very... Um, it's if it's if you're if you're inner energetically inclined, it's got something weird here. I dig it. Well, I've been like part of the same vibe in New Orleans. Is that some there's a weird portally energy to swamps? I lived near a swamp in Fairhope, Alabama. I mean, not really Mobile Bay, but it's like there was like snapping. That's pretty swampy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, it could have been worse, but yeah. Anyway, love you, dude. Love having you on. We'll have to keep in touch. Rafael, any parting thoughts? I know you might not just pass out, but I'm sure you're tired. <laughs> Maybe I'm just projecting. I'm yeah, adjusted. also probably. But thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, nothing much to add except everyone, you know, thanks for listening. Enjoy yourselves and love yourselves. And yeah, I'll attach some of your music as the outro from... I love your kimono. The masked guy right there. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jim and for sure catch if you guys time. don't see the mask that he just had it's like something from where the wild things are meets fucking the purge it's like a it's a beautifully disturbing interesting <laughs> mask you have i think it's great hopefully they see that but if they don't they don't so anyway have I a good night it guys even weirder. it'll get weirder that's i think that's what to expect with you you're an aquarius it'll get weirder, it'll get weirder. <laughs> we're on live long and prosper Thanks you guys everyone. take it easy